You are Locked On Bulldogs, your daily podcast on the Georgia Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello again and welcome back to the Locked On Bulldogs podcast. I am Daniel. And I am Clinton. I don't think Daniel and I have slept one hour since the conclusion of Saturday night's game. I don't know why you would sleep when you could just keep rewatching the game. Clint. You know, you know That's... when you record it on the on the cloud, you just everywhere you go. If you have your phone, if you have your iPad, if you have a TV, like wherever the app is, there you are, and you just you, you just, just watch, watch it. it. That's that's what I'm saying. They don't charge you per watch. No, they just they let you watch as many. You pay monthly. So so why not just have that thing just on loop in the background? Just I don't, I don't understand that's... why you're not doing that. Or in the or in the foreground. Or or be the only thing you're doing. So <laughs> that's correct. Okay. Uh, he is Daniel. I am Clint. Welcome to Locked On Bulldogs on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're here because we are fans first and foremost. We never claim to be anything different, Daniel. That's been our moniker from day one for fans by fans. It's kind of how we fashion this entire podcast. Not kind of. It is our only mode of communication to be fans first, for fans, by fans. That's why you're here. We're not gurus or insiders, but man, we love them dogs. So if you're looking to insult us, just for clarification, uh-huh. maybe don't call us Georgia fans. Like that's not that's not going to work. It's no. not going to hurt our feelings as much as you hope it does. Because no. we are Georgia fans. That's what this podcast is about. If you're a Georgia fan or an Auburn fan or a Tennessee fan, um, welcome to the show. This is a place where fans have real fans conversations. And so we're glad that you're here, especially if you're a Georgia fan. You can email us at lockdownbulldogs at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at Dogs Podcast. We'd love to interact with you, engage with you. We'd love to hear all of your thoughts, takes, and opinions, uh, things you agree with that we said, things that you don't agree with, things that you want us to talk about, things that you'd like to hear more of, all that stuff we would love to uh, discuss with you at great length. Uh, we're glad that you're here. Just If you're new to the show, if you've just found us, um, all we ask, we don't ever ask for your money. We're never going to ask you to jump behind a paywall or anything creepy like that. We are just uh, here to have fan, real fan conversations. All we ask you to do is just hit that subscribe button. It helps us out a tremendous amount. If you do like the show, you can leave us a rating or a review, particularly on Apple Podcasts if you leave us a five-star review. Uh, that helps us out a bunch. So do that. Helps other people find the show when they are looking for great Georgia Bulldogs content. Uh, so, Clint, there's a little meat left on the bone oh, of the Auburn game. Oh, Daniel was there. I just, I feel like a dog in the backyard. Like I could just be, I could just be gnawing on this thing for they went to the, weeks. They went to the and store weeks. and they got, they got the T Rex femur. They mm, they got right. they got the femur of the T Rex. Don't know where they found it. Don't know where they First very all, rare find. Why are you pet giving store? it to the dog? Like sell <laughs> that thing for a million bucks. What are you doing? Feels like an archaeological dis- treasure, but somehow we ended up with it. Uh, yes, Daniel. There is more meat on the bone, and here's I want to start off because I want to give him a formal apology for not including him on Monday. This was an oversight okay. because there is just so much to talk about. But if you don't think Kiris Jackson is just a monster. Like, mm. Mm. bona fide threat. You look over there and you see Jorge and you think, okay, that cat's not like the others. But if you look over there and you don't see 10 and you don't say to yourself, oh, no, there's there's, oh, he go- there's two of them. He can go get you something now. Listen, you don't, you don't need to just worry about Jorge Pickens. That no. 10, he can go on and get you 
everything that you need. Um, Daniel, listen, it's, it's third and it's I'm, third and a lot on Saturday night. What third what and anything? What should we do? Any number. Third and any number. Send 10 over the middle. Clint, send him. Send him. Because he's going to go out there and he's going to catch the football. Clint, I'm just going to say, I'm going to come out and say Here it. We, we both were on record before the season as, as believing that this was going to be the year that Demetrius Robertson really showed himself. Now, it's only two games into the season. Yeah. And I'm not here to write anybody off on the podcast. But so far, all of those reps that we thought Demetrius Robertson was going to be getting, all of those targets that we thought Demetrius Robertson was going to be getting, all of that work mm-hmm. has not been going to him, and no one has been disappointed, Clint. No, no one has been no, upset about the results because Kiaris Jackson has proven himself. You can also you can just tell, and this makes you love a guy, does Kirby like Kiaris Jackson, Clint? Is he a fan? Is he? Does he? Is this a kid that Kirby likes to coach? Oh. Now, there is there is nothing prima donna. There is nothing diva. There's nothing wide receiver throw me the ball about Kiaris Jackson. Listen, this is Peach County. Uh-huh. This is get in your face. This is rough you up a little bit. Hit hit you back when you try to hit me over the middle. This is block. This is do the dirty work. This is assignment football. This is know, know your route and the route of every other person on the play. This is team leader. This this is everything that you want in a football player, in a teammate, and in a bona fide playmaker. There's, in the slot, yeah. uh, over the middle, He's 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 making some. He's running down the sideline a couple times oh, on Saturday night. You, there's nothing. This guy's this guy's a weapon. You want to send him deep? I'm sorry. Can he get over the top, Clint? Mm-hmm. Can he get pat? Is that guy? Is that guy standing in front of him? Is he as fast as him? No, no, no. He's going to just go go ahead and take the top right off. Look, uh, we're not talking about taking the top off only. We're not talking about a six foot. 200 pound receiver and we think we have him pegged we're not talking about that type of dude we're talking about a dude who does not mind he, he looks over the middle and I, I sincerely believe this is not just bravado this is not just him being overconfident i don't think he's scared of a single person in the middle of that defense daniel legitimately no, the, he does not care ain't no safety ain't no linebacker that he's worried about do you know what he's worried about catching the football that's court. it that's the number one thing he's worried about. He's worried, will I be in the right spot to to help out the offense? Will I be in the right spot when Stetson dimes it to the spot where I'm going to be? Can I get there in time? The answer is, yes, he can. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. Over and over again. So, Kyrus Jackson, love you to death. Man, you're a playmaker. You're on this team. You're a threat, not just returning. Like, that's, that's the other thing, too. We thought maybe he can have some special teams, you know, tears here and there. No, 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 yeah. no, no, no. That that is that is putting far too little respect on who this guy is. He's an absolute monster, Daniel, and we're here for all of it. Uh, I got one more area of the Auburn game I want to cover. I want to I want to be sure. I got a couple of maybe little things, but I got one more serious thing that I want to talk about in the next segment. Anything else in the Auburn game, Clint, that you need to get out there? Any other areas that you want to go, Daniel? I I mean all of them. Yes, just. Just That's... all of them. Um, I, I I can't think of one thing that I don't 
one to talk about. But maybe let's just rewatch together and live record our our reaction to every play of yeah. the game. We'll just we'll um, just broadcast. I, that I just I just want to state this again for the record, because yes, our players are making plays. Yes. Our guys are in position. Yes, our offense with Stetson is there. And the controversy over the quarterback has really, really dictated a lot of this conversation. But how come in all of our conversation, Todd Munkin's name does not start first and foremost, Daniel? Like, Okay. How, okay. How, how do we not understand? This mm-hmm. man has already received a raise because he got him on campus. Kirby went into the AD's office and said, I'm sorry, I undersold I'll this take- man. Yep. Nope. We're going to give him more money. We That's need more all. money. But coach, we haven't had a game yet. Give me more money. Yep. Don't need a game to know a guy that knows what he's doing when I see him. Todd, Todd. Munkin's offense is... Um, all you got to do is watch football. All you have to you do. You don't have to... You don't even have to... If you're not... Listen, an X's and O's, if you're not... If you've not watched football for your entire life... Look, I get it. You probably... You might not be able to diagnose exactly what's different about this offense compared to last year's offense or the year before's offense. But all you have to do is have eyes Mm -hmm. and pay attention for two years. And you will see that over two games, this offense is categorically different than last year's offense was. It's not the same game that we're playing. The route trees, the combinations of routes that are being run, the play calling Clint, the play calling Clint, the way he's calling plays, if I may. If you may. The play calling. Uh Oh, the the thing to which you dial up the perfect counter to what the defense thinks you're going to do that you keep them so off balance they're guessing and then at the right exact moment you hit the right play and you know something's going to break you mean like that daniel i spent all of last season telling my family before every snap exactly what we were going to do Mm -hmm. on every play you could tell how we said by formation you knew i'm i'm not paid millions of dollars a year but the defensive coordinators in the SEC are, uh-huh. and they can do that too. Very Clint. easily. This year is not that year, no. okay? This year there is variety. This year, I'm talking about the run schemes are different. The route trees, the passing is different. The, there's there's real play action this year because we're running the ball out of the same formations that we're throwing the ball out of. Oh, I don't know if you understand that, oh, wait a but second. like huh. we don't have a run formation and a throw formation. So when you're lined up in the throw formation, you try to do play action. Guess who's fooled? Nobody. That's right. Because you're throwing the ball. Because we all know that. Because you're lined up in the throw package. So, uh, Todd Monken. An example of a great coach. Yep. Uh, next segment, I'd like to talk a little bit about an example of a coach that's, well, not so great. Yeah, Before yeah. I do that, Clint, let me let me talk about somebody that is great, and that is the fine folks over at RockAuto.com. Right. The 2005 Honda Odyssey has been a boon to us. We've profited greatly off of it. Remind the people, remind the people of the automobile that we've taken in next because I have already forgotten. (laughs) It is, well, it's it's because it's the most forgettable thing on the entire planet. It's a 2002 Toyota Camry, Daniel. It's a 2002 Toyota Camry 
Um, this thing is like new if you're in the market for a 2002 Toyota Camry. It does not run well now. But give us a few months and uh, a few orders from the fine people over at rockauto.com. We go there and we get the exact right part that the 2002 Toyota Camry needs. We get it shipped straight to our house. We get it at reliably low price. Uh, and that's, that's, that's all that there is to it. Uh, you get the right part. You get it at the right price. You don't have to go out. You don't have to fight through the, uh, the less than intelligent people that are working at the auto parts store. Uh, we're not here to tell you which uh, orange and white university in the state of Tennessee they graduated from, but we're just here to tell you that they're not as intelligent as they should be, okay. and they're working at the auto parts okay. store, and they probably are wearing a checkered cap okay. on, on their head. Humming uh, a tune that is overdone. <laughs> That's not what you. That's not the place that you want to be. You want to go online, RockAuto.com. You want to get the exact right part that your car needs. You want to get it shipped straight to your house. When you go to RockAuto.com in the "How'd you hear about?" section, you can type "Locked On" and that lets them know uh, that you heard from us, which helps us out. And then you get a great part at a great price, and that helps you out. So go to RockAuto.com for all the parts that your car will ever need. Daniel, you were talking about coaching and maybe well, less than coaching, stellar. Coaching is important. It is. Before we get into – we talked about Todd Monken, which I did want to bring up. Before we get into uh, an example of poor coaching, let me just shout out to the specialist okay. uh, in the game. We've not yet mentioned that Jake Camarda continues to be the greatest punter in the NCAA. Correct. Okay? Don't Don't – Question it. It is not something that's open for debate. No. Kenny McIntosh is the best kick returner that we've had in Athens in five years at least. Minimum. All right. Kenny McIntosh catches the ball and runs in a straight line, and he does not get tackled before the 40-yard line. Nope. Tell me when he has. Right, you can't. And I'll, okay. So... Kenny McIntosh, Jay Camarda, Padrigo missed his first kick yeah. of his career. That's okay. Um, but he did hit. He did hit uh, on another field goal try. Um, was was fine on the kickoffs. Boy, some of these cats covering these kicks uh, for Georgia. When Padrigo doesn't get it into the end zone, oh, some of out. these cats running down the field. Listen, they don't get a lot of opportunity on this defense to go out there and hurt somebody. And so they got to come do it on kick cover. And you best believe that they are going to they're going to get theirs. Listen, we're going to talk about Tennessee beginning in the next segment. And we're going to move on from Auburn because we're on to Cincinnati, as it were. It's time for us to, to, to move on and talk about the next opponent. But far be it from me. Okay. For us to have gone this entire week's worth of shows, because this will be the last we talk about Auburn, and never mention the not one, mm. but two attempted trick plays that Gus Malzahn tried to run in this game. <laughs> okay, the first one was the first time that they crossed midfield. You know what's coming. Yep. They get they 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 come up short of the first down as fourth and three, but look out, Clint! 
Uh oh. They keep the offense on the field. Now we've seen this. We've seen this the, video before. The second best we punter know, in the SEC comes out. We know the second best punter in the SEC is the full time starting quarterback at the University of Auburn. And so he does the little thing. They adjust the formation, and then they move the tight end around, and he takes two steps backwards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then. <laughs> They put a guy in motion. Uh-oh, watch it. And he, come, then, he comes up to the line. And then Bo Nix comes up to the line like uh-huh. he's checking the play. And then he runs a little bit of hard count, uh-huh. almost under center. Oh, yeah. And then he takes a delay a game. Oh, that's right. And and the punter runs out. And they and he just wand, like wanders over to the sideline like a lost child. And Sorry, Gus, but <laughs> that didn't... I was laughing so hard, and I was thinking to myself, boy, I can't wait to make fun of Gus Malzahn on the podcast for such a ridiculous attempt at a trick play. But then, Clint. Oh, he wasn't done. Then it was the end of the first half. What's up? And Auburn gets the ball with about 10 seconds on the clock at their own 17-yard line. And they get in the QB kneel formation. <laughs> and then they dead sprint Bo Nix out to the right. <laughs> and they snap the ball to Schwartz, to Schwarzelberger, yep. Yep. the fastest man, I repeat, the fastest man in all of college football. Well. And he runs full speed towards the sidelines. Uh-huh. And Aziz Ojolari comes as if birthed from the ground underneath him. Like the Undertaker th- coming out of the grave. <laughs> and freaking Tombstone pile drives him into the turf for a seven-yard <laughs> loss. And I stood up and began screaming at my TV for Kirby Smart to call timeout. To force them to run another play. If I were Kirby Smart, I would have forced Gus Malzahn to kneel down. Just in an act of submission. Because if I'm an Auburn fan, uh-huh. it's one thing to re- not to not recruit any good players. That's on you. I get that. It's another it's another thing to recruit good players. Hey Tank Bigsby. What's and up? then underutilize them in oh. the games. Oh, that's right. So hold on. I have I have a dude who is who is mm-hmm. uh, by the way, we, we said on the that's crossover. A, that's podcast, a real dude. That's a real dude. Why isn't he used more? Like what why aren't you oh. using the skill that you have? Uh-huh. But Gus Gus said, "Well, I'll put him out here." I'll it's another here. thing. It's another thing to be such an ineffective coach that you have to run constant interference just for your standard normal offense to work. But but Clint, none of those things as an Auburn fan would be more annoying to me than the constant ridiculous middle school JV football attempts at yeah. trick plays that yeah. Gus Malzahn tries to run. It's embarrassing. Legitimately. It's, like that's not we're not saying that again as fanboys. It's as a football fan, just as wanting good product on the TV to watch and entertain us, it's embarrassing. Like it's like the kid at the family reunion like the middle school kid that's like on the distant cousin, like other side of the family, and he shows up to the family reunion with a deck of cards, oh, yeah. and he believes that he's 
quite good at magic. Yeah, that's right. Now that's right. he's going to show you a magic trick, and he fumbles all over himself. It's not the right card at the end of the. Or, or it's not like one the, of those gotcha. It's not the right card. It's no. like the no. That's just you just did the trick. Or it's wrong. like the guy just, who has a like really cool story to tell. He thinks, and then he tells the story to all the friends, and all the friends just stare at him like, "Where's the punchline?" And then he goes, "And then I was in, and then I was in the McDonald's, and instead of the quarter pounder, they gave me the double quarter can pounder." You, can you? And then he then he goes back and says like the same story over again, thinking that you didn't hear yeah. him correctly. Like, no, no, guys. Yeah. You, did you? I was at the McDonald's. That's yeah. Gus Malzahn, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Shout out to the. The first fake QB kneel jet sweep. James Coley would be proud, Gus. James, you've got the ball to your playmakers in space, the James Coley motto for success. And by that, we mean run a jet sweep to Tyler Simmons or your version of Tyler Simmons, Schwartz, um, and get tackled for a seven-yard loss instead of just taking a knee. So allow allow your players to go into the locker room Trailing by the same number of points and humiliated. That's that's the goal. That's what we're after. So good. Uh, Daniel, can we – we've had a lot of fun with this Auburn game. but Let's turn the page. Let's turn the page. Tennessee is up after this break. You remember that thing we said about the Auburn fan base on Monday right at the beginning of the show? Do you remember the thing we said about how – you know, kudos to you, Auburn fan. You knew. Kudos to you. You deserve you deserve the props because you talked a lot of smack, but then you ate a lot of crow. You owned it. You understood what your team was, and that's why we said that you were not one of the worst fan bases in all of the SEC. No. Do you remember that, Clint? I do. Daniel... That That does not apply... No. ...to the rest of the week. No. That sentiment... Will not be echoed by us no. about the next opponent because, friends, it's Tennessee week. The second worst fan base in the entire SEC. Tennessee's the lowest common denominator of all human existence. Uh, and if, if it weren't for the uh, blatant hatred that exists between Georgia and Florida. Yeah. There are days when I think a Tennessee fan is objectively worse than a Florida fan. I think if you just if you were to just bring in a Washington State football fan and have them diagnose Gosh. the two fan bases. Uh first of all, T's and P's to that fan. Uh but off after all, you're a Washington State football fan. So you that's what have you, what have you got? The game day flag is about all you're working with at this point. It's true. Tennessee fans are the worst. We make no apologies about that. We will make no apologies about that. So let the Georgia homering begin. Clint, let's talk about the Tennessee game. Um, Tennessee comes in ranked number 14 in they, the nation. They made a jump. Tennessee comes into this game as a 14-point underdog to the Georgia Bulldogs. We are not going to make It's Tuesday, so it's a little early for us to be making official predictions. We're going to uh, abstain from that. But let's just talk about your general feelings, your general thoughts, your general opinions of this Tennessee Volunteers team. Uh 
I could talk about the offense, but Daniel, it feels like every single time we want to talk about the offense of another team, what we should do is just forego that segment because any offense that we're talking about, and and maybe with the exception of when we get to Bama, Bama's going to be a little different because of this freak they got on the outside, just catching 70-yard passes as if they have nothing to do with hard, difficult tasks. Outside of that, Daniel, um, the offense doesn't scare me because we have the Georgia defense. Like, so... So anytime That's right. we, start, we are going to, they are coming to the to the game I heard. So so I think we're good there. Um I actually want to talk about surprisingly what's what's really interesting to me is this Tennessee defense. Daniel, uh they are third in the SEC. Okay. Uh they're giving up 361 yards per game, points per game. They are the second team. Now again, it's muddled between Tennessee, Auburn, Alabama, 19, 20, 21 points per game. So they're right there in the mix. But the Tennessee Volunteers, uh if you watched them uh, on Saturday, you watched them the week before, uh that that South Carolina or or, or that Missouri game a little odd. Uh but Tennessee's got a bit of a uh, emerging identity on defense, Daniel. A bit of a start of something that says they they want to be known as a Georgia-esque hard knocks, get after it defense. And they'll never get there, but it's interesting to see they have some dudes on the defense side of the ball. Teo Teo can play. He can run around at backer. Uh, mm-hmm. I saw him couple flash. Of, a couple bit. of linebackers. Couple of linebackers that uh, that stand out to you. Uh, Aubrey correct. Solomon, for those uh, Georgia fans, might know mm-hmm. that name playing defensive tackle. Um, I've so, I've mistakenly called Solomon Kinley Aubrey Solomon several times on so, this podcast, so, so you might times. you might know that. Yeah. Um, look, so you look at the games in South Carolina. They squeaked by, and South Carolina didn't look particularly good. Missouri, they beat up on, but there was a couple of weird plays in that game. Mizzou blew a couple of offensive calls. Drinkovitz McGee over there just not He's wanting to coach for struggling. wins. He's a little bit of. Ooh. Little bit of a struggle bus early to on the SEC, in, in the Eli Drinkowitzki era. So, so that's he'll get score, it. He'll, he'll get, together, get it together. Hopefully. But that score, thirty-five to twelve, was not indicative of the game. So Tennessee, as much as I want to downplay them, and as much as my score prediction will be forty-one to zero, as it will be for every year henceforth. Um, can't fault you for that. No, no. It's can't 41-0 for is the prediction I always do. Um, this Tennessee team has some dudes, Daniel. And and it's it's going to be interesting to see this game. It's The 14 number is too big. It's going to be much closer than that. Tennessee, very notably, on an eight-game winning streak. Oh, everybody's uh, talking about it. Everybody's talking about it. Uh, some might say it's the longest winning streak in the nation. Longest active winning streak. <clears throat> that exists right now. Uh, yeah. Eight games. Um, Tennessee up to 14 in the polls. Tennessee, a pretty trendy pick to look out now. Could be a third team emerging in the East. Come on. Could be a threat Come to on. Georgia. Clint, I just feel like... Yeah, I don't want to... I don't want to get too far ahead of my skis here early in the week. But I feel like I heard a lot of that last week Wait, didn't did, I? about did, some team. Where did we hear this before, Daniel? Okay. Let me talk to you about an eight-game winning streak, Clint. Oh, please do. Okay. South Carolina, UAB, oh. Kentucky, oh, no. Missouri, okay. Vanderbilt. No, nope. 
No. Indiana in the Gator Bowl I'm by s- one. I'm sorry. By one. Okay. South Carolina again. Wait, they double dipped there. And Missouri. Wait, they double dipped again. again. Wait a second. Okay, that's eight games for you, Clint. Okay. Let me talk to you about the last time they played Alabama. Please do. 35 to 13. Well. Let me talk to you about the last time they played Florida. Uh-huh. 34 to 3. Oh, no. Let me talk to you about the last time they played them dogs, Clint. Please do. 43 to 14. What's up? 43 to 14. So, to recap. Mm-hmm. Tennessee has beaten eight bad football teams They've beaten, in a row. And and four of those games, right, Daniel? Four of those games. Four of those games were against South Carolina and Missouri. Okay. Half of them. Okay. Another, another quarter of them were against UAB and Indiana. <laughs> and the last quarter of them were against Kentucky and Vanderbilt. Now, Clint. Okay. Not all eight-game winning streaks are created equal. You can make stats look however you want. I'm just trying to tell you, we'll get to it later in the week, but there's so much about this Tennessee team that is just not that different than all the other Tennessee teams, last year's Tennessee team, the Tennessee team before that. I know the team is improving. Mm -hmm. That is a true statement. Uh, that is that is a true statement. The team is improving, that is for sure. And the team does have some players. Gray at the running back. That that's a that's a real running back yeah, right dude. there. That that guy is a threat. But but as you said, Clint, how can you fear a running game? Nope. As Georgia. Nope. Like, are they gonna rush for a hundred yards against us? Not even close. Not sniffing that. I just don't see I don't which means if they're going to beat us, they're going to have to rely Here it is. On Here it is. The Here it is. Hold on. Daniel, of all those th- those names that we mentioned before, some some players uh-huh. they got was was Garantino was was he oh, one of the names? No. Oh goodness. Oh. Join us t- on tomorrow's episode for an in-depth look at the quarterback position at the University of Tennessee. Spoiler alert. It has not changed since the last time we spoke, oh, no. and thus our our prediction has not changed since the last time oh, no. we spoke. Just just imagine that it's Dan Mullen being the coach at Florida. Oh. Just substitute oh. Jared Guarantano for Dan Mullen and coach for quarterback and Florida for Tennessee. I just I just and can that's. Can, like they have, they have other players, but Garantrino. I don't know over that there, they do. I don't know that they do. Garantrino is still out there. Yeah, Garen Patino uh, is still the quarterback. No, he's still doing it. We're gonna break down the numbers. I want to get into what what the difference is between this year's version of Jared Guarantano and last year's version of Jared Guarantino, 
And we're going to do that uh, on tomorrow's episode as well as <laughs> break down several more aspects of the Georgia-Tennessee game. We'll get to Kirby's media availability. We might get to some dumb stuff we read on the internet. Maybe our good friend Barrett Salee will join Barrett, us. come on. Who the heck knows what's going to happen Formal on the podcast? Formal invite still out there and will be until you come on, Barrett. Barrett, we know you're listening. Jump on the show, have a little fun with us, and we will be back tomorrow to talk all about it with you. See ya.